Data, I know you're in there. So I need you to listen to me because life rarely gives you second chances to say what you should, okay? Data, you made me better. You did. You made me a better man, a better father, a better friend. And when you died, you broke me. But see, you, you put me back together. You repaired me, the, the memory of you. Strange new takes. I'm your host, Notch Carnegie. With me, wearing comfy captain's leather jackets, are Adam Bowen and Emily Bowen Marler. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today, we'll be sharing a recap of Picard season three, episode seven, Dominion. And as usual, here's my pitch for you to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and if you're still there on Twitter, uh, strongly considering taking us off Twitter, but it seems kind of you know, there are some people who pay attention. So anyway, tell your friends about the podcast. We always appreciate getting a rating on your favorite podcast app. Apple Podcasts being the most important, giving us a good rating means that we'll show up a little bit higher in the search results when someone searches for a Star Trek podcast to listen to. And before we get any further, we just want to make sure you know we are about to spoil this most recent episode of Star Trek Picard and potentially every other episode and iteration of Star Trek ever. So especially with shows that have so many Easter eggs sprinkled through them. Although I don't think this one had as many Easter eggs as last week's, but you know, we're just going to spoil it. It's hard to have. It's hard to. Yeah. that was. <laughs> I don't know that, that, that any show could talk. I mean, that was like even was competition lower with lower decks. Or, or level, yeah. <laughs> I have a question. So technically even the name of the show is a spoiler, right? Because if you haven't finished TNG, maybe you're like, maybe who's the captain or maybe the captain dies. So the fact that yeah, there it, is a Star Trek, even like there's a Picard who exists for sure to be based on, is a spoiler. It, it could be a retrospective on like, oh, remember this guy that died 25 years ago? Uh, <laughs> let's, it's just let's a clip show. People that he it could be a uh, prequel. Influenced. Yeah. People love prequels. There you go. <laughs> like the Star okay. Wars prequels, weren't those really popular? <laughs> <laughs> they are now. They are now. Yes. Man, they got Ahmad Best, Jar Jar's actor, into The Mandalorian. You guys been watching The Mandalorian? Oh, I, I have. I need to wait until Picard's season. over. I don't have time. <laughs> Everybody's like cuckooing about Andor, but honestly, Mandalorian still, for my money, is the greatest Star Wars on ever made. And I do enjoy it. The third season yeah. is still very good. Which again, some people are like it's boring. I disagree completely. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I, I I got a little bit worried at, at at like some of the stuff that we were hinting at in in season three or season two. So I'm glad to hear that the season three is good. It was a little awkward when they graphically illustrated how Mandalorians have sex despite keeping their helmets on. That was for my money. I would not have included. <laughs> okay, no, that's not that's not in there yet. That's not in there yet. I don't know. Maybe they'll go there, but like it's uh, yeah. Okay. All right, moving along, talking about other shows we should talk about the fact that we've got a bunch of show news uh we're gonna get a new season of strange new worlds in june i believe 
Yeah. Uh, and and I think were there any other seasons announced as well? I think there was some. Uh, yeah, so Lower, Lower Decks season, season five. Yeah, after after Strange New Worlds, and then Prodigy is going to be in the late fall, I think. But that 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 wasn't uh, announced as renewed. Uh, oh, so, oh, yeah. yeah, it was. But they just said it's gonna. They they announced yeah, it'll when be the in season the winter. Was yeah, yeah, is when when it's going to uh, premiere or whatnot. Yeah, and and season four of Lower Decks just for precision is late summer which is kind of imprecise when you really think about it. So also we got some news about a new Star Trek show. Uh, The Starfleet Academy show is now a go. And the way that they announced it was that Starfleet Academy is opening its doors after a hundred years, which to me signals that this is going to be based in the discovery verse. Yes. Uh, Hopefully they've had time to build more sets uh, than they had for the Academy in the previous show. Yeah, that was mostly AR wall. So yeah. does that mean Mary Wiseman's going to be in it? It's I mean, it's possible because they they pitched her. I, I it, it seemed like uh, like they sent her character over there. I've heard that uh, she is returning for season five. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if maybe that means she's not going to be in Starfleet Academy or maybe it'll take place like during that hiatus for her. Mm-hmm. But okay. it it feels like this show is going to also be like a young adult kind of situation. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Isn't that always why they want like, to have a Starfleet Academy? I, I mean, it yeah. could be like a Riverdale type show where it's like kind like pretends to be young adult, but is actually like a adult show. But I don't know. Uh, unclear so far in full detail. Will, will uh, there be as much like uh, rubbing each other with oils as there was in uh, Enterprise? <laughs> I feel like that, like that's what Enterprise was that's, trying to do. That's not where my mind goes when I think about teenagers on screen. Uh, but uh, I guess if they bring Rick Berman back, I, like uh, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, moving swiftly along, uh, yeah, I just hope that they have a very um, clear line of what this show is trying to do beyond what they tried to do with the cadets in discovery season four because i think that was a mm-hmm. little bit like I, I didn't i didn't fully get the I, the point of that and of the, of those characters and why we went there mm-hmm. uh and so i just hope that they've i mean which they will right it's a new show it's been greenlit it's gone through a bunch of process there must be a good reason for it to exist so um but i just am um, like what I was with with Prodigy, I think I'm kind of skeptical. Mm. Um, yeah, the premise. I, I I I think for me, what what just seems weird about going for Starfleet Academy, I, I mean, maybe they will try to sort of reestablish it on Earth or something like that. But it just the the way that Starfleet Academy launched in Discovery was just in that nebulous like Federation station that's like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it doesn't actually have any connection to like the Starfleet Academy that we know from any other series. And so, like it part like part of me kind of like I don't know, I feel like we've at least um there's like a sense of place there or like it's interesting that it's like in uh San Francisco or whatnot. And I feel like we it would be a shame if it continues to just be a show that's in sort of like a nebulous uh place in the middle of like deep space. Uh, a, a a deep space uh show. I, I don't know if we've ever done one of those before, but um, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, it needs to have like the actual academy building and, and like try to deal with like its history in a way in order for it to feel like there's enough of a hook there. But I, I don't know. Let's let's keep our eyes and hearts open for what this show <laughs> is going to offer to us. Hopefully it'll be a brave new world of Star Trek that uh, fulfills the promise of the post-burn era. How about that? Yeah. How about that for poetry? Okay. I can't believe you're being optimistic about something tied to Discovery. <laughs> What's happened to you, Notch? Actually, uh, something that's cool is uh, Tawny Newsom is going to be writing for that show. So the uh, the star of Lower Decks. So really? I, yeah, so really I, cool. I, I wonder if it's going to have... Uh, I mean, it's she isn't only in uh, comedic uh, roles or whatever. So like it's uh it's possible but uh i wonder if it's it's going to have a bit more humor than uh some of the other shows what if this comes out and it's like straight up horror it's like <laughs> horror based in star trek <laughs> everything well, goes that's wrong that's kind of what we had in this most recent episode of star trek Picard. so yes thank you thank <laughs> you for the push and the segue there we are we are here to discuss the seventh episode of season three of star trek picard it is called dominion it first aired on 30th of march 2023 it was written by jane mags it was directed by deborah campmeyer the Indian university is 2401 with some flashbacks to the 2370s here is the summary from Memory Alpha. Let's see if they did their wrong on sentence game again. Yes, they did. Crippled, cornered, and out of options. Come on. They could have done an, an alliteration there. Crippled, crippled, cornered, and what would the out of options C word be? <laughs> crippled, cornered. Confined? No. Confined! Crippled, cornered, and confined. Picard <laughs> stages a gambit to trap Baddock and reveal her true motive. A gamble that puts the Titan in the crosshairs and forces Picard and Beverly to question every moral code they've ever held. I paused there because they used the word Picard twice in the same sentence. Yeah. Uh, memory alpha. Uh, well, it's free. We shouldn't complain. Okay. Um, we always start with our strange new takes. Which of you has a strange new take for me? Well, I'm I'm first on the list here, so uh, I suppose that's me. Uh, for for my my real world uh, strange new take, uh, we just had uh, a bit of a, a a a tornado sort of watch that happened uh, over where I live, uh, and I know that we there was a uh, just a lot of people that were hit like directly with uh, tornadoes. So uh, yeah, hope you all are safe uh, out there, listeners and people that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the episode, uh, we, oh, oh, yeah. So for the, sorry, that was a weird thing to segue from, <laughs> uh, for the episode itself, uh, I am going to note, boof, sorry, I don't know where I'm going with this. Hold on. <laughs> you got your mind, you, you, you know, you I, start, your mind started a thought, but it didn't quite finish one, huh? <laughs> It, it it did not. Uh, Why yeah. don't you tell us how you felt about this episode? Did it make you happy? Were you were you glad to see our heroes in peril by the end? Uh, yeah, actually, I think that this one was able to recover a little bit from my worries that were triggered by the previous episode. So I, uh, or actually two episodes ago, uh, I think that it is entirely possible that we are going to come out of this with a uh, a compelling villain and with an interesting. Uh, conclusion to the the series so yeah hot take okay so uh, my strange new take is a strange new observation that stems from parenting 
So we are on illness number 12 of the school year. And I can't Oof. tell you the joy that I experienced when we took him to the doctor and she said, oh, he has a little ear infection. And I was like, yes, you can give us antibiotics. <laughs> it was a really exciting day because every other illness he has had has been a virus. And they basically just say, go home and, you know, give him Motrin and hope for the best. <laughs> so, anyway, it's crazy. I know. But, you know, the, the small victories that you get, I'm just like. So we'll see. Hopefully this will clear up and, you know, I would like to not hit lucky number 13. We'll see. Um, my strange new take for the episode. Gosh, I have a lot of takes. Um, oh, I just had a thought from stemming from what Adams was, but, um, oh, well, no, we'll talk about that later in the episode. Um, yeah, section 31 is pure evil. And so I I really if that's what section 31 is, um that yeah. Yeah, that that's that's not a not a backdoor pilot for a show no, that I want. That was that was pretty pretty troubling. And granted, I can, you know, I mean, yeah, Nazi as much. Um or um, you know, uh white doctors in the United States during times Most when we enslaved people and <laughs> yeah. you know like gynecological studies that were done on enslaved women in this country and yeah anyway so yeah that's what section 31 is about so yeah let's make a a series about that because that's a really exciting thing to learn about starfleet so maybe the section 31 show is just like the empress taking vengeance on war criminals like maybe that's that's <laughs> yeah. the, the the show is about <laughs> section 31 in so much as it's michelle yo like destroying it there you um, go <laughs> now that i would watch <laughs> that that would be the one that i wasn't expecting so yeah I, i'm i'm interested i i, I had a like uh i can't I can't remember if it was, I think this was tied with the previous episode. I was wondering if maybe there could be a, a fun Section 31 show that's just like the X-Files, but uh, where they're just like digging up random old captains and like putting them into a pod and then storing them in a facility uh, <laughs> and things like that. But uh, yeah, it, I'm, it's really hard for me to imagine a bitch for a it Section is. 31 show that is just distasteful. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, some of my sharing of my strange new take for the show was dependent upon people seeing my facial expressions, which is not good podcasting, but I think you all got what I my intention yeah. was. Yes, I mean, I, I, we, we got there in the end. <laughs> I'll I'll share two Star Trek Strange New Takes, one kind of not related to the other, uh, not related to um, the show that we're watching right now. I went back and watched a bunch of Tapal Trip Ducker stuff from on YouTube. And mm. it was just because I was like trying to remember like some of the plot points from season three and four of Enterprise. And man, it is just stunning how good good of an actress Jolene Blalock is like it is very hard at the best of times to play a character on screen and convey the emotions that are they're feeling if you want a crash course on how hard it is watch the Mandalorian because they're it's like literal helmets like you have no facial expressions and you got to convey mm, emotion yeah and that'll give you kind of a sense of what it, what Jolene Blalock had to do where she wasn't wearing a helmet but she, she couldn't like show any emotion on her face and Especially still you, when you see her in interviews and you hear how she talks, you're like, "Wow, <laughs> way different as as to Paul." Anyway, exactly, and 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 yet we have the complexity of her character. Like, there's 
hey spoilers but like there's the, the the episode where she and trip have this like genetic clone child and yeah it dies and mm. there's a grief scene with the two of them and it's just wild mm. how good of an actor she is and i mean i felt this way with jerry ryan and picard too right which we'll mm-hmm. let me let me transition into my picard strange new take which is that i think both of these actresses who were kind of given a bad rap because of what their characters were visually supposed to do on the screen we ended up with two of the most talented actors who in the entire franchise's history like i i will put money down that jolene blalock was actually maybe the most powerful actor in in the enterprise cast who were who were not all like uh whatever they they weren't bad or anything she just was amazing so and same with jerry ryan in this episode like you see the opening scene with her and tuvok and it's yeah. It's incredible the range of emotions on her face and how she's able to convey complexity. So I'm really just very impressed. All right. Well, let's jump into talking about that. So first scene, freaking two walk, which I want to send a strongly worded note to whoever puts up thumbnails on YouTube yeah. for the Star Trek channel because they freaking put Tim Russ in there. It's like, hey, Tim Russ and what it's like being back into Star Trek. And I'm like, oh my fuck, if I had just watched the episode before I saw this, it completely ruined the surprise for me, which really sucked. Yeah. You just need to stay up all night and watch it exactly when it drops. That's the lesson we've all learned here. Well, and it's also the other thing is when you're when you have the subtitles on, which we always have the subtitles on because of when we're watching it, we're watching it kind of late at night mm-hmm. or well, <laughs> late at night. We're watching it at 730 after teacher goes to bed, <laughs> <laughs> but we're like trying to not watch it loud. Yeah. But um, it spoiled mm-hmm. it too, like a split second before, like before my brain had a chance. I mean, I totally recognize oh, his voice, really? but it's like it says Tuvok because <laughs> he's not on the screen first his voice is on oh the sc- i thought his you were meaning that first. i thought you're meaning like it, it just always uh, said changeling <laughs> no 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 it didn't do that but it just yeah. it said because i think we hear him before we see him and so it says tuvok before your brain has a chance to fully grasp everything that's mm, happening and i was like yeah. ah i mean i still i didn't need to see that to know who it was Ooh. but it still it was that little split second of a uh. which, which that, that does remind me of what was actually going to be my my strange new take i don't know if we're gonna oh, edit this in in post or whatever that sounds uh, <laughs> like an annoying thing to have to do so uh, i'll just give it here again and you can just enjoy a second one from me which is please please give us Tim Russ actually playing Tuvok. And not dead. <laughs> Do not have it only be that he's a changeling and then we don't hear about anything about him ever again. Like, mm-hmm. I at least give us, like, the scene in the final episode with, like, Tuvok with walking with a cane looking a little bit haggard but we know that Tuvok's okay and <laughs> uh, like, we get a good send-off or whatever. Like, I'm happy with, if, if that's all we get, please at least give us that scene. <laughs> I think the monkey paw curls and you get a scene of two walk in a casket at the last episode. Oh <laughs> oh uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And also, by the way, he mentioned Janeway. We've had a Janeway mention in literally every single episode so far. Yeah. Has it been in every single episode? Pretty much. Yeah. I think we're going to get her, you guys. I don't want to get so. your hopes up, but like, it sounds like she's the fleet admiral now. That yeah, be, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's it is one of those things where it's like, uh, I think that Terry Metalis, he he gave us, I he, I think he said to somebody that like, oh well, she's in Prodigy, kind of trying to imply that 
therefore she's not available or something like that. I hope that that was just like misdirection on his part because he sort of felt backed into a corner rather than uh, that that she's because it's just like it, she she's so like no one has been so name dropped in like right. all of Star Trek except like maybe Kirk or something like that well, in terms I, of like episodes they're not actually in but being referenced. Right. I can't help but feel that I mean I definitely don't think we're done with cameos in Picard. Like we're getting more. There's yeah. no way that we've seen everyone that we're going to you know we're going to be yeah. getting more people that we I, know. I, I I don't think we're doing the cameo that I saw some uh uh some theories on Reddit that were no, 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 what they they were suggesting was basically we have all of these ships, these ships from the uh, fleet museum. We're going to resurrect all the dead captains and put, and have them each captain like the ship that they were uh, in charge of so that we can Marvel style assemble the, uh, all the captains so that they can (laughs) attack the strike or whatever. I'm like, please no. I thought you were (laughs) meaning the, um, the, uh, uh, Wei Yun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought yes. you were meeting because they were photoshopping no, that, Wei Yun into scenes. <laughs> yes, that, that was a that was a great uh, a great one. They're, they're, uh, Reddit, you're a great source of entertainment. So uh, I've been enjoying that community for watch, while I'm watching Picard. Well, we'll see what cameos we get. I'm excited, but I think y'all are 100 on the money that we're gonna get more. And the conclusion here is that there's a lot of people now in custody of the changelings Mm -hmm. uh, being tortured or whatever. And we quickly go from... So basically also in this scene, we find out that our heroes don't know anything about where Riker is. We don't see Riker or Troy in this episode, which there were a lot of people... Except for the fake Riker. Yeah, for a minute. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people making noise about Mariner Sirtis not getting screen time and Terry Metalis had to actually come on and address it on Twitter and Jerry Ryan also joined. Basically the gist of their arguments was that Marina lives in London, has like a ton of acting commitments and they just couldn't make it happen. It's um. not a, it's not a thing that they were like, actually Deanna Troy kind of sucks. We don't want her. It was more like, well, we can't include her as much as we would like to because of the real world, which somehow still continues to exist, you know. Um, I, I I was wondering in that that scene that has her in the in the Shrike if she was even like in the same room as anybody else because she's just kind of like, uh, it's a shot only of her mm-hmm. saying something like, "Oh, Will," uh, and I'm just, I yeah, it's it sucks that we're only getting like Zoom sessions of Marina Sirtis this I season. I mean, I I guess at least we got a great episode with her first season, so we we really did, and it uh, I I suppose that like. Maybe that's if if that is like the last episode that we really see her in, like that was the best episode she's ever been in. Maybe maybe uh, can make uh, is it chain of command? No, not chain of command. Um, the episode where she's taking the the command uh, exercise uh, is oh, another great oh, Deanna episode. Yeah, the um, yeah, I know which one you're talking about, but. Where she's taking the start, the commander's test. Yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. she she orders Jordy to his death. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers for right, right, something thirty years ago or whatever. And well, he totally dies in that episode. Yeah, that's why he's not in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we now have to figure out a way to figure out where Riker is. Also, by the way, this episode features the return of the. They're tracking our phone call. They're tracing our phone call trope from like hundreds of Hollywood movies, <laughs> yeah. which having that in Star Trek is very funny. 
it is, uh, but it's it there. Is. And I wanted to have Rudy here today because oh, yeah. it features our heroes from TNG getting like smart and like kind of hatching a plan. Yeah, yeah, we Which we have is, that. Uh, uh, sort of the what, what was it? It was uh, he was talking or Picard was talking with um Jack and was saying something like. But what if we did have the advantage? I'm like, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. Show, show us whatever heist thing is about to happen. <laughs> and then show us how it's going to utterly fail. Yeah. Because no one on this crew knows how to actually fire and kill a changeling. Uh, they were all clones, stormtroopers. That's that's what happened here is, uh, you know, we... Uh, we they were they or they were trained by one. How about that? Boba Fett switched universes and <laughs> trained them to shoot. Okay. Um, better Boba Fett show. Better Boba Fetro, in my opinion, if we did that. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, w- before we get to the, the gambit itself and, and what happened, let's talk about the fact that Jack and Sydney are, like, totally crushing on each other, you guys. And they need to, like, go into a suite. Like, dude, Jack is, like, the most lame pickup guy of all time. Like, hey, I, got, I, I, I like, got a, a, big, a big room. You, you want to check it out with me? But at least he shows that he knows he's lame while he's saying it. (laughs) The look on his face is, God, I don't know why these words are coming out of my mouth (laughs) right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting, I I feel like they're trying to pull the like, uh, oh, she's like the person who, like he's actually interested in her and maybe he was always like just a a philander or whatever in the the past or, or whatnot. But, so he doesn't uh, know how to be with someone. Yeah, who's yeah. So he's in. surprised that he like actually is interested in her. Uh, which I mean, that can, that can be a, a cute uh, sort of storyline or whatever. Uh, we've definitely seen it a lot, uh, a lot before with um, Han Solo types or whatever. But um, Adam, for before we move on to another point, I have to interject because we need something serious and substantive to come after this. I'm sorry, Emily. This kind of thing typically happens when you're on our own. I'm just with him, Jack could technically have sex with himself if he like possesses Sydney while they're doing <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh my god you've already elicited an eye roll from me earlier when you were talking about Mandalorians and sex so you know <laughs> I, hey, I, just, I, just maybe I'm just anchored on that idea now I'm just saying Jack could technically do this now <sighs> like he could have the ultimate like self-evaluation of performance <laughs> if you know what I mean um <laughs> Oh my. Uh, okay, so <laughs> he's not very good at possessing himself because how is it that he manages to shoot and disintegrate a changeling, but he cannot get Sydney to shoot and disintegrate a changeling? Like I don't understand. That yeah. is a little discrepancy in this episode. I was like, have you not watched any horror films? <laughs> you shoot them in the head, or if they're a changeling, you disintegrate them. Like yeah, shooting in the head doesn't do anything. There's not a brain there. <laughs> right. uh, the uh, something that I I did appreciate is I. So we had that moment in the in the uh, turbo lift, which was seeming it was just maybe going to be a normal like, oh, they're sweet on each other type of move. But then when they started like having her narrate in her head, I'm like, no, why are we doing this? Why are, why is she narrating her thoughts? We understand what's happening, but I. That, that that was actually him hearing her thoughts and then it was like the quote-unquote eromotic syndrome thing happening. I was more okay with it. Uh, 
I'm pretty Did sure Picard this is not Picard ever hear earmotics. people's thoughts from his yeah, earmotic syndrome? I, I, I don't remember Picard doing any of these things. <laughs> so I feel like that's not what this is. I, I have a feeling that this is what they were referencing when, when Vatic said, like, there's something deep inside you or... There, there's, there's something happening here that I don't really understand yet, and it's very frustrating because, like, I know that the next episode is going to, like, open with the answer. And Well, is this going to end up being, like, what they did with um, uh, Soji? You know how she's having memories of her childhood, and then you find out that they're not actually her memories. They were planted in there from... <laughs> you know, like, when they're re- yeah, you realize yeah. that she's an android. Jack is a Sumi anyway, android. Like, well, but not that I don't think they're going to do that, but it's just making me I'm like, I, I really and I also don't want this to be another example or another not example uh, occurrence of Kirk thinking he has a son only to find out he's not really his son. Like you yeah. did that already in TNG. Yeah. And so like, please, I, please don't make whatever's going on with him nullify the fact that he's Beverly and Picard's son, like like keep him I, Beverly yeah. and Picard's son, but maybe have another element on top of that. However, I would be impressed as hell if it turned out that Ed Spilliers does not actually exist and this has been Brent Spiner playing yet another suing android the entire time. Like, the range on that guy is incredible. <laughs> so, so well, uh, turns out Sydney doesn't know what she wants because she wants him to hold her hand, except when he does, and I'm, I'm just kidding. Like, clearly she got creeped out. Uh yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack kind of fucked that up, uh, but it looks like they're being made a couple, which is cute. I like it. They're both very attractive yeah. people, and they end up together. That's what happens on TV, right? Um, yep. Yep. You're such yeah. a shipper. Hundred percent. I was watching <laughs> Kirk and DePaul videos on YouTube. How is that? I know. That's what I'm saying. How are you you're, figuring out that you're just always now? looking for it. <laughs> uh, well, no, now, I'm now not. I'm... You do this in every series. You are always shipping people in the series. <laughs> So, so, like, was Rick Berman watching, like, Chakotay and Seven uh, uh, compilation videos, and that's how he concluded that it should happen <laughs> with those two characters? It's only because they were the two best-looking people on the show. Yeah, like, <laughs> that was definitely, like, a <laughs> we uh, have not watched the rest of the series. Let's put these two characters together. Although, actually, if they were going to do that, they should have done, like, Harry Kim, because he was voted... One of the most beautiful people, you know, people's most beautiful people in the world. That's who we need a freaking yeah. cameo by, like Commander Harry Kim or something, so we can finally Seriously, put it. Seriously, show him not an ensign. We, we, we do, uh, or yeah. Come on, it, Garrett. Right, right. <laughs> I, I could also see them having him in uh, uh, a flashback uh, as an in, ensign. In Prodigy. <laughs> In some ways, that would be more epic than actually seeing him get promoted. That would be like more of fan service than the other thing. I would just feel really bad. But I mean, we know they can do the de-aging CG on I, yeah, I, yeah. I would do it in two, two episodes. The first episode, we get a 7 of 9 flashback to Voyager where he's an ensign. People are like, what? That's all you did? So give a full week of people to stew on that before you show like the current Harry Kim. <laughs> Well, they needed uh, us in the writer's room. Let me. I agree. I agree. Terry Metalis, we know you listen. Like, call us. (laughs) We're there for you, man. Uh, I can. I can uh, have such great ideas as Jack having sex with himself. Okay. Um, Oh gosh. My God. All right. 
Moving swiftly along, so our our friends from TNG decide to have a gambit to capture Vatic, and it involves some sort of Vulcan ship. Also, I will point out there was a reference to Worf and Raffi being not on the Titan. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to spoil the ending right now by saying, hey, like maybe they're on the Vulcan ship. Maybe Vatic doesn't actually have everything that Vatic thinks she has. Uh, maybe the next episode opens with mm. Worf and Raffi pulling some like funky move from the ship next door and taking over the Shrike, for example, or something, you know? Well, I would think you really wouldn't want Raffi and Worf to get that far away because when they come back, they could be changelings. Mm. Like, I just feel like, there, I don't know. There, there the people that you times. know are not changelings, you kind of want to keep them, like, yeah. you know, anyway. I mean, At least mm. now we have a way of detecting them or, or whatnot. But That's it's it, there were a couple of moments where, like, uh, I think it was when Jack uh, first encountered Vatic and then sort of did the, oh, just kidding, I'm going to run away and hope nobody shoots me. Uh, <laughs> uh, when he then shows up with um, with Sydney, I was like, wait, how do we know she hasn't been switched? And then and, and I'm like, well, but they, they would have had to run pretty far for that to happen. But then later on, they all they like disappear again and come back. And I'm like, wait, now she might have been switched. But then they established that that was mm. a scene where they can kind of get into into each other's heads or whatnot. But mm. I, I'm like eternally worried about this in every single scene where characters leave well, the this room. Is... Not to jump scenes, but I have to tell you, I genuinely thought they might kill Sydney in this last episode. Same. Like, I actually was worried about that. So mm-hmm. this, I mean, but that's the thing, right? Like, this episode has a ton of tension, right? Like, it just threw out. Like, this was mm-hmm. the, like, thriller episode. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and throughout it's all about the action. It's all about the will, will someone die? What's going on? That kind of thing. So, um, I, it was kind of frenetic. I was like kind of happy when it was over to be honest, just cause I didn't want it mm-hmm. to like, I was like on the edge of my seat too long. I was like, I need to like mm-hmm. come down from this like tension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. My heart rate was, was pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's just jump to Vatic getting on the ship. So Vatic is on the ship and we see there's some trickery with the force fields and they're, they've made a plan. Mm-hmm. Dropping Charlie, dropping Bravo. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> they capture Vatic in the, in the sick bay. And now this is where we tie back to something Beverly brought to Picard early in this episode, where she basically like brought up the whole issue of medical ethics or like biological, the ethics of biological weapons and doing no harm as a medical doctor. Mm. And like, there's a pretty grim talk between her and Picard about whether to kill Vadic and whether it's like morally appropriate. Yeah, there. It, there it, are no it gets, morals when it comes to changelings, apparently. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and, and that that is interesting that we're um, we're sort of having the the TNG characters make some of the same decisions that uh, at, at least that were happening in Deep Space Nine, uh, sort of in relation to the the changelings. So I, I think at least like thematically, that's interesting to um, like while we're backdropping this with this with like the genocide that uh that section 31 perpetrated on the changelings to like have hints of that and like making decisions related to that uh in in sort of the same vein well as i say and when you have picard maybe not beverly so much um but when you have picard acting visibly horrified mm -hmm. by finding out that this is how it came to be um yeah still making the decision that he and Beverly make, you know, I mean, it's like, they're like, Oh, we just heard this horrific thing. Oh, but you know what needs must. So 
you know, we gotta, we gotta do it anyway. It's just, yeah. Part, part of that felt, felt to me like he was, cause it, uh, a lot of this, uh, this season has, has felt like Picard wanting to kind of prove to Beverly that like he can sort of change how he approaches the world and like have it instead focus on like taking care of their family. Uh, and that, that scene almost felt like him, uh, sort of setting aside his like more grandiose morals and instead going for like something that he thinks will protect Beverly and his son. And I just, I, it was, it was an interesting conversation, but yeah, I, it, uh, it is a, a definitely a, a, a big change from seeing him sort of be, yeah, horrified to, yeah, agreeing with her that that's what they need to do. I think this is, so let's, let's tackle the bigger picture here, <laughs> which is this, I, this whole concept of the changelings experimentation. It, it's really coming from the idea of what goes on during war, right? And war is hell mm-hmm. and, and that kind of item, which has been explored in a lot of like Vietnam movies, for example. Um, and that's what we're getting. The DS9 went in that direction, but it was a 90s TV show and they could only do so yeah. much in, in the grim reality. And I think this, to me, it was kind of the, the natural evolution of DS9's tone about the war, which is that it, it really did challenge Starfleet and push, push Starfleet to the edge of the abyss, both in terms of mm-hmm. ex- existent, ex- its existence, but also its like adherence to its values and ideals. You get a little bit of this in the Janeway novel as well, where basically there's a lot of talk of just how many people died in the Dominion War and like how much it impacts people's psyche that that war happened. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this is, I think these uncomfortable questions are actually, even though it makes us uncomfortable to see them on the screen, I think it it is, it's good for us to like acknowledge them. Like, for example, it's not just like the, the, the idea of the chemical weapon, Emily, you brought this up when we talked last week that it wasn't Starfleet that get like it and, and they tackled it head yeah. on, which is like, oh, is that one, yes, what they tell I appreciated you? That. Uh, well, actually, it was Odo who got it to us. And it's it, it's good that we're we're like acknowledging this openly rather than just kind of leaving it up to the viewer to to make that connection, I guess, in some ways. At the same time, it's really grim. And like, uh, I don't know, I'm usually like, not the guy who's like chafing against darkness but that whole section 31 biological experimentation like literally like burning like the the goo with like a little blowtorch like that shit was bad <laughs> yeah like, i don't know if i'm like okay with that <laughs> did we know it was called project proteus in deep space nine or did they just name it for this show Oh, interesting. I, I, I think it's new. I, I don't. I don't remember this being something from Deep Space Nine. I I wasn't sure because the reason I was wondering is because then what they did a segment on the Ready Room um, about Deep Space Nine, the Dominion War, and the um, biological, you know, whatever uh, biological weapon that was employed. But it was. I so then I was like, wait, did they actually call it that in Deep Space Nine? Or I I, I didn't remember it, but <clears throat> no. I- Proteus. Did I say Prometheus? It's, I don't, I don't see a reference Proteus. to it in memory yeah. okay, in memory okay. alpha. So I I think it's I think it was invented for this episode. And I mean it tracks, right? I guess if they had to like find a virus that affects the changelings, like yes, of course it was biological warfare. You can't like 
create biological warfare without like doing grim experiments. It was just, I don't know. I I would really wish Starfleet was better than this. Um, mm -hmm. So what are you gonna do? I guess. Um, well, at some point, I think, given Terry Metalis's habit of closing loose ends, even from 30 years ago, I have a feeling when this is not the last we see of Section 31 and last we hear of Project Proteus. Uh, and I think we're gonna we're gonna find Picard, quote unquote, maybe doing something about it. But I was kind of disappointed with the two of them that they like had time to like both him and Beverly had time to like cock their like phase pistols and aim them and then like <laughs> the goo just Vatic just like gooed up the ceiling and they couldn't do anything about it. It's like come on. That's the incompetence of the crew. <laughs> like it's, it happens throughout the entire episode. Yeah, for real. Well, and then the thing that you were complaining about earlier happened, Emily, where they didn't, you know, vaporize the dude who they shot, which seems like such an obvious thing because Beverly had, like, figured this out in the first episode of the season. So, like, when, when like, Shaw ran past that dude, I was just like, no, what the hell? So, also, why is Shaw yeah. getting beaten up yet? Hasn't he suffered enough? <laughs> no. Also, if they uh, kill Shaw, we riot. I yeah, I I, I thought once that I, I mean maybe that that's what is protecting him is that they they keep him around so that they can make us think that they killed Shaw, but it never actually is that they killed Shaw. But like his head injury looked real bad. He was crying, uh, dude, when he yeah. This time his head injury looked real bad. Yeah, like with I like, thought his head injury looked pretty bad when he got it on the bridge. Um, yeah, and they had him like uh, leaking when he out like lots smashed of into the step. Yeah. That was that was pretty bad. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I... Well, oh, I don't know if we want to mention. Well, yeah, I'm just gonna go since we're talking about his head injury. I'm just gonna go ahead and share this. So Travis. Um, was he? We watched this scene a couple times because we were trying to figure out exactly what it was that Shaw said. Because uh, so he said, "Blow the turbo lift." Mm -hmm. So, do you all think that was a command from him to the bridge crew to blow up the turbo lift so that the changing yeah, or like make it launch it out of the ship if there's some way of doing? Yeah. Why like did that. they not follow his order? Why were they so incompetent? I mean, like there was so much. In I mean, and I didn't even notice this until Travis was talking about it more and pointing it out. There were so many levels of incompetence in what happened from when Shaw said that to the end of the episode. Like when he rolls out of the turbo lift and then Seven is just looking at him with her back to the turbo lift. Like, why yeah. is she not like just spraying the whole thing with phaser fire? Or I mean, it was like there was I, so I think her assumption was that uh, that was Vatic appearing to be Shaw. Uh, at least that's so the only she was explanation. Watching Shaw yeah. instead for that yeah, reason. So I, maybe. That's okay. how I took that. Uh, okay. Because but she like, also no, is aware, no, you guys, aware of people you guys, leaving Seven the of room. Nine knows <laughs> that if she wants her own TV show, it needs to have Shaw. So if she kills Shaw, there's no TV show. So like, it's... <laughs> no, I think, I think this is one of those points that for me tells me that maybe this is all playing into like Picard's plan. Maybe because it will. And like the thing that Travis said, he said this was Shaw's moment from the time he ran down the hall, blasting at Vatic to the time he ordered, pleaded, blow the turbo lift. It was his moment in the show to endear himself to the audience and demonstrate he isn't just a cowardly asshole. He cares about the ship and people and mm -hmm. he's willing to sacrifice his life for them. And then the entire bridge crew completely but, but left him down, let him down. The people who think he's a coward. 
I don't think he's a character. I think he's just making the point that he's not always been a likable episode and not always been Mm -hmm. a likable character. Um, And now we're really seeing how he actually is a hero Mm -hmm. and he actually Mm -hmm. is, you know, like, I mean, dude has like overcome trauma to become a captain and like, he's been, he, his priority's always been on his crew. Like I, I could see people seeing him that way, but like, I would really like (gasps) hope. I think, I think the reason, I think the reason he threw cowardly in there is because it certainly seemed like he was not willing to to face um, to stay and and mm. help Picard and Riker in those yeah, first, two, the first episodes, two episodes. He just sure. wanted to run and I flee. He didn't want to. He didn't want to deal with that at all. And mm. I think that's where the like where the impression of him perhaps being cowardly. But then when we find out more about him as far mm. as his experience with Wolf Three Five Nine, that puts a different yeah. spin on it. That's not cowardice. That's trauma. And so yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. Well, we'll see because he was crying in this episode. So I don't know exactly oh my what, gosh, the, yes. what was happening there. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this. Uh, functionally, mm-hmm. Vatic has a ship. Jack and Sydney and Picard and Crusher are in sick bay. Uh, very dimly lit sick bay. Thinking about their options. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, and we ended on a cliffhanger, which... Oh, but we did leave out a big, big section of the of the episode. Yes, yes we did. Which we probably should touch on. Anyway, yes, I, I know I jumped us to the end by talking about Shaw <laughs> and the turbo lift and everything, but we probably should talk about Yeah, so, so throughout this throughout this entire <laughs> episode, there's a sequence with Jordy uh, and Alondra and Data slash Lore. Because we just we were able to isolate before and Alton Sung, so we don't deal with them anymore. <laughs> And, and also Lol. Uh, yeah, uh, there's no mention of, of Lol anymore because I was like, I'm pretty sure they said Lol in the last episode and now they're saying there are just four. It, it is. I mean, I'll, I'll give them this. They did find a way to explain away the appearance difference in Brent Spiner now because he's got a new body and Alton Sung inexplicably mm-hmm. made this one really like older, which is good because now we don't need to like hide behind some explanation of why Brent Spiner doesn't look like he did in Encounter at Farpoint. <laughs> <laughs> and when they try to make him look like that it doesn't look right like Picard it, it just one. doesn't look right yeah yeah oh yeah and i i'm pretty sure they re-edited season one uh because i i remember he, they they had his uh his hairline was like completely wrong and like in the wrong place for in the wrong shape for quite a while but when i watch episodes from it later i don't think they're there they, i can't remember exactly what it, i think it was like they brent spiner for that season no, they kind of did. They did something to him that made him look not like Data in Star Trek and Next Generation, but yeah. also not like Prince. Yeah, yeah. No, the, it, <laughs> yeah, it was, was de-aging. Weird. So, I mean, you can't like, I mean, at least back then you couldn't like completely deep fake the whole situation as as well. So uh, he still mm-hmm. had like, you know, older Brent Spiner's like body proportions and sizes, but they kind of yeah. yeah they did a better job with with Picard and um even Jack with, when they showed the de-aged mm, like they didn't have to yeah. de-age him that much mm-hmm. but I feel like those were a little smoother the only thing that doesn't work with de-aging Picard is Patrick Stewart's voice yeah, yeah for sure and yeah. I, I haven't chafed about this stuff too much personally um mm-hmm. I think I just mm-hmm. I was just glad to have some explanation for why Data looks though he does but, you know, I have to say, so, you know, lore is the, you know, part of the reason that 
Fadik and her minions are able to take over the ship is because Lore is the one that wins out seemingly, you know, and mm-hmm. takes over the ship and does all these things. I'm I'm sorry. And maybe maybe Brent Spiner had this written into his contract that he would only do Star Trek again if he could mostly be evil characters. I'm just we have had like two seasons of Brent Spiner playing evil versions of Soong, and I just want to see data. I'm just not interested. I mean, he's a phenomenal, he's doing a phenomenal job mm-hmm. bouncing between the different personalities. So I appreciate that skill, but I just want data. I mean, if you're going to bring data back from the dead, just bring just give us data. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, like the whole lore arc and this was a little much for me. Like I didn't need even more tension. Except, except uh, LeVar Burton was phenomenal yeah yeah so like I that, liked, that that scene yeah. with Jordy what like that is what has sold me on right. bringing data back uh is just having that like moment i but, here, here's my only yeah. complaint about this so lavar burton amazing performance glad we saw that on the screen that was a reckoning we needed that we needed Jordy to mm-hmm. reckon with the death of his friend i just wish we had got that two episodes ago or an episode ago or whatever and we didn't need lore in this scene. I'm with you, Emily. Like I, I didn't, mm. I just didn't like need to see that whole like guy staring through the window, whole sequence with the, with the shields and stuff. Um, uh, force fields. I, I just, I was like, yeah, I was, I was okay without that, but yes, hundred percent. I think the fact that LeVar Burton like killed it and we finally get to see his emotions on losing his friend um that was great and we can see i mean data has emotions now or at least the most recent iteration of actual data that we've seen has emotions and we've seen him get to play like i mean i love that line in first contact when he's like you know thinking oneself to be superior or whatever is a sign of a delusional mind like the way he does that line is phenomenal but um anyway first contact I, i really need to go back and watch first contact now that is just such a brilliant movie I love it. Yeah, so much. it's so good. Um and it's led to so much good stuff in this franchise now, but Yes. Um Quark yelling, the line must be drawn here. Yeah. <laughs> this far. No. That was pretty great. That was pretty great. I I yeah, I, I hope as we go forward from this episode there's less of lore and more of data. Like we've we fixed that yeah. issue. Yeah. Um I we only so. do have three episodes left, so like things gotta mm-hmm. go they gotta wrap it up, yo. Um Yep. We also heard, we haven't talked about this, but it's 36 hours to Frontier Day, and uh, which seems like a very poorly thought out celebration now at this point. I know. <laughs> well, and I, I think, uh, I don't know, I, the, Star Trek has this, ten- has this tendency to like, we, we want to have extremely short timelines so that there's more tension or whatever but like at least part of the plan of like we're going to create a perfect clone of picard with his dead body and by replacing the blood of his son into him in 36 hours so that he can genetically confirm he's picard even though starfleet knows that picard is a robot now I don't I don't get well, why and that's that the plan. Right now, Picard is like on the run from Starfleet. So if he showed up for 
for yeah. uh, <laughs> they're gonna be like, whatever oh. day, frontier day. Like, but anyway, he doesn't give a speech, a Emily. <laughs> I know they still, well, as long as he he does make good speeches. So we will put the court martial on hold. Uh, so he can give his great speech and then we'll we'll arrest him after that. And that will be a big (laughs) spectacle for Frontier Day. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was something else I just was thinking about with, um, oh, well, I think that it's all ultimately building to the biggest homage to Next Generation, which would be the countdown, Mm -hmm. right? Or to any Star Trek (laughs) movie or whatever. We have to have the countdown as the penultimate thing. I mean, every (laughs) single uh, TNG movie has had the countdown, and Mm -hmm. you have said that this is the best TNG movie you've ever seen. Yeah. So... um... (laughs) Well, we're now going to need to see what comes next to before we can I, I think this is this episode wasn't necessarily set up but i will judge this again based on what comes after it because if this sets up some mm-hmm. really cool shit it'll be great if it's kind of a lame reveal of what's going on with jack or like what's going on with war for raffi that's going to be tough for me and i I'm hoping that also that the tide of the story turns and we go into a more like, direction where our heroes are winning you know, we do discover that Vatic isn't the villain that ah, we think yes. she is. Mm-hmm. But we also still don't know who the ultimate villain is. It's not a changeling is something that we figure out this time because he seems to right. be very down on changelings. <laughs> right. And yeah. so who who is it? Uh, I, I was trying to tell if it, if it resembled anybody. It's it's the conspiracy bug lady, right? Like the, the head bug. It's going to make an appearance. Just wait. No. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it, it, in terms of, like, appearance, I, I actually feel like I buy that uh, still, that it that it could be a conspiracy bug or something like that. Well, but, well I mean, because it looks like the guy after his skin comes off when they're phasering him. Like, doesn't it? Oh, it like... looks like the mother. The, the shape of the face is a little bit like the mother creature. I mean, it doesn't have, like, weird mandibles or whatever. Right. But, like, that thing was those colors. Uh, and had that kind of head shape ish going, mm. which is, but yeah, and and at least like we've certainly had many other instances where we like make something look cool when it looked stupid uh, thirty or sixty years ago because of their prosthetics or whatever. It's it's actually Benedict Cumberbatch playing Khan. <laughs> I mean, it was really important that they got an Indian actor right? to play. <laughs> it's you it's know? actually that like leader from court of honor mm. uh that planet <laughs> oh we're closing uh yeah we're closing that loop that was the one that we needed to <laughs> we needed a call back to thank you uh, Terry yeah right it's actually there there is some theories that it might be the bar queen so who knows excuse hmm. me Oh, I don't think I've yawned on air before. Mm. Uh, so sorry for that. Apologies. <laughs> but I think I think there's some idea that it might be the Borg Queen. And this might be some sort of complicated revenge on Picard. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like I'm still in team they're resurrecting Locutus. Mm. Uh, oh, I think so. It's, I think that uh, does seem to be... He's like he he that makes sense as far as like a, a weapon that's more devastating than the portal device because Locutus killed tens of thousands of people. And we've also <laughs> seeded references to best of both worlds, like not in as many episodes as we've had seeds to Janeway showing up, but uh, certainly a lot of them. Well, it also seems to me that because Picard and Beverly have basically said, we know what you're doing with my body. 
that means that they don't act like they're going to show that. No, no, they don't. They, they think they know, yeah. but it's not actually that it's something different. Like you're, you're going to have, you're going to give a speech and it's going to be really embarrassing and make us all look really dumb. Uh, and that's the nefarious plot that's happening. <laughs> Picard goes up there like, Hey, you guys, they have Kirk's body on a station in cryogenic storage. How cringe is that? And Starfleet's like, crap, we can't exist anymore. We've been embarrassed too much by this. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's all she wrote for this week in terms of our analysis. Let's uh, stick our necks out and give Dominion a strange new rating. Which of you would like to go first? I think I'm going to give this one a nine. I think it's a, it's a really interesting episode. I'm impressed that the, we've sort of brought uh, potentially the storyline back from being something that could turn out really dumb into something that's back into being very interesting to me. Uh, I, I was, even though I'm not into uh, Section 31 and whatnot, I certainly do not want a series about it. But I, I was impressed with... Uh, how well they were able to make me see into the mind of Vatic, uh, which uh, at least the past couple of episodes has been a character that has gotten increasingly difficult for me to really get like what her deal is. Uh, and so I, I'm just, I, 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 I'm very impressed by that. And I also just want to say like Amanda Plummer is incredible. Mm -hmm. Like the, the uh, like, all of the lines that she had, especially like at, in the end when she's like finally taking over the Titan, the the pattern of her delivery is so unlike how I feel like almost any other actor would have done with with those lines. Right. Like the, the cadence of like how she's talking is just it is the creepiest thing ever. And just I'm uh, I like the, the whole time I'm like like i i, I mean I, I want our heroes to win or whatever but but it is so cool getting to see her do stuff like this yeah yeah um i i'm gonna jump in here with a 7.5 because i suspect emily's either going to be on your side to split the difference we'll see what she does uh but but for me it was a 7.5 i was just a little bummed out by the end which is very rare for me with star trek episodes and i and, and at the end of the day, my rating, I think, somewhat it reflects how much I enjoyed the episode. So not a bad episode by any means, technically or story-wise. And in some ways, it's a little bit tighter writing than the fan service episode that came before it. <laughs> but yeah, seven and a half um, for me. I think I've been going back and forth. I think I'm going to do four out of five like I did for last week's episode. I actually, I think... I, this, I found this episode to be really exciting while I was watching it. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those, the more I thought about it later, I was like, why did they do this? Why did they do that? This, why were they so incompetent in this way? You know, like, so there were certain things that were kind of, you know, and part of that was because Travis was pointing them out to me, but just over the course of us talking about the episode today mm -hmm. also. Um, and I gave last week's episode that more because it just, because it just, didn't it wasn't as good as the ones before you know like the, yeah, the yeah. previous two were so good um so yeah I, th I think four out of five i think that's fair and you did split the difference right <laughs> yeah. I, I did uh, <laughs> all right well adam and emily thank you for joining me this week i hope we have rudy next week i really do want to kind of catch yeah. up on where he is yeah same um 
And thank course, you, Nudge. Of course. Yeah, thanks, Nudge. And Nunch. Rudy and Bill, wherever y'all are, whatever it is y'all are doing. Hope it's a great time. Thank you, dear listener, for making us a part of your listening schedule this week. We hope to see you again next week. Thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. We really appreciate having you strum away at the Klingon theme. And thank you, special thanks this week to the guy who designed, and this is genuine, Michael Crow, the guy, the costume designer who designed those leather jackets. I really want one. Everyone should go and watch the little featurette on the costumes from Star Trek Picard that's on YouTube and stuff. It's really cool. There's some really cool details on those oh, costumes. Yeah. So special thanks to the designer. All right, everybody, see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.